is Wealth Wake Up with Dick Donahue on KGMI News Talk 790, 96.5 FM in Bellingham and KGMI.com. Welcome to Wealth Wake Up. Dick Donahue with you this Sunday morning here on KGMI. Got to start out with our weekly commentary. And this week we're going to talk about the tax policy Trojan horse that's being pushed through Congress that is a Trojan horse for welfare expansion and inflationary deficits. If you think congressional deadlocks are concerning, just wait until you see what Congress does when it's in a blinding rush. House Ways and Means Committee is ready to go with introducing its latest tax bill to House passage in under a week and a half. Though branded as full of middle-class tax cuts and pro-growth reforms, checking inside this Trojan horse known as the Tax Relief for American Families and Workers Act instead reveals a mixed bag that includes welfare expansions, corporate windfalls, and inflationary deficits. The only individual tax cut in the bill is a slight cost-of-living adjustment to the child tax credit, likely from $2,000 to $2,100, that would apply to taxpayers 25 and 26 tax filings before expiring. The bulk, 91.5% exact, of what is being described as middle-class tax release is, in fact, expansion of welfare benefits. The legislation does not fix existing work requirements for individuals to receive the additional child tax credit, which, unlike the ordinary child tax credit, exclusively goes to individuals and couples who pay no income tax. Sadly, this feature has begun in the Tax Cuts and Jobs Act of 2017. This provision would amount to a whopping 32% expansion of this welfare credit by 2026, at which point, in typical Washington fashion, these handouts would expire and create a political crisis where tens of millions of people would lose their brand new welfare benefits, creating a perfect storm for yet more expansion and permanence. Currently, households with more than $2,500 of annual earned income can qualify for the additional child tax credit. The credit phases in at a rate of $15 for every $100 of earned income after $2,500. The new tax and welfare bill would accelerate the phase-in so that, for example, a taxpayer with $10,000 of annual income claiming three children would receive a $3,375 benefit instead of current amount of $1,125, despite paying zero in income tax. This additional benefit would be on top of the $4,500 in earned income tax benefits and other welfare benefits that they may receive. This would also likely exasperate existing fraud issues and both programs. The improper payment rate for the earned income credit is 31.6% for fiscal year 22, while the improper payment rate stood at 15.8% for the additional tax credit. That's people improperly getting those credits. To make matters worse, a tax filer would be able to claim his new enlarged additional child tax credit with an individual taxpayer identification number instead of a Social Security number, meaning that many of these new payments would go to illegal immigrants. This was another shortcoming in the 2017 Tax Cuts and Job Act that is not being fixed in this bill. The bill will also add a look-back provision for work requirement so that if a household doesn't work enough in 2024 to qualify for the credit, but it did in 2023, it would be allowed to receive the benefits based on the prior year of work. In other words, to qualify for the benefits, it would be enough to work part-time, part of the year, even if you only work every other year. Conservatives have long fought for stronger work requirements for welfare recipients. This legislation fails to enact any and actually takes a step backward in that respect. The business tax provisions in the bill are better than the welfare provisions, but they are also deeply flawed. For example, the bill would temporarily extend for 2024 and 2025 some expiring provisions of the 2017 Tax Cuts and Job Act that allow companies to deduct research and development expenses and short-lived capital investments in the same year that they bear those costs instead of having to depreciate or amortize those costs over multiple years. That's good tax policy and also leads to more growth by encouraging investment. However, 
The pro-growth benefits of these changes are done alongside retroactive relief of the 2022 and 23 tax years. Such a windfall does nothing to improve companies' incentives to invest since they can't go back in time to change these past investment decisions. This bill does include a modest win for slightly increasing the expenditure threshold where small businesses may qualify for full expensing and this change is permanent. The combination of these handouts and a temporary measure of most expanding provisions culminates in a staggering long-term growth estimate of precisely zero new jobs created. Yes, you heard that right. A tax foundation modeling analysis showed that the contrived and odd construction of these provisions would have no impact on long-term economic growth. Maybe it creates momentum for pro-growth policy in 2025, but the bill itself does not move the dial much. The Joint Committee on Taxation, the official congressional scorekeepers, agree that the business provisions would have no significant impact on economic growth. Tens of billions of dollars of corporate windfall handouts to buy a grand total of no long-term economic growth. To compound these issues, even ignoring the gimmickry, way the bill intends to pay for these handouts, the formal cost estimate shows $155 billion in new deficits through this year and next from this bill. This would only add to inflationary pressures and spike interest rates, including mortgages and on loans of small businesses that are looking for, to expand. As with much bipartisan legislation, this one falls short of conservative principles. The bill has small wins, but unfortunately will redistribute wealth for hardworking middle-class families to large, established corporations and individuals who are barely engaged in work at all. Let's take a look at this week's global roundup, and we found that U.S. economic growth beats all expectations. Global equities rose from a week ago as the U.S. economy grew at a faster rate than expected. The yield on the U.S. 10-year note remains relatively unchanged at 4.15%. The price of a barrel of West Texas intermediate crude oil rose to $77.51 from $73.43 last Friday. Volatility as measured by the CBOE Volatility Index, or VIX, remains flat at 13.38. And the U.S. economy grew faster than expected pace. We saw the U.S. economy came in stronger than predicted in the fourth quarter of 23, growing at a 3.3% annualized rate and adjusted for inflation. The consensus estimate was for a 2% expansion. Economic activity was lifted by strong consumer and government spending, as well as subsiding inflation. The U.S. Federal Reserve's preferred inflation measure, which is Core Personal Consumption Expenditures, or PCE, rose 2.9% on an annual basis in December, the slowest pace in three years. 2023 marked a year where inflation moderated at a much faster rate than anticipated. Overall, the economy grew at 2.5% in 2023, remaining resilient despite forecasts of a recession and further increasing the chances for a soft landing. And we saw the U.S. flash PMIs indicate healthy overall economic activity. The U.S. flash composite purchasing managers index rose to 52.3, up from 50.9 in December. That was driven by an increase in both services and manufacturing activity. Flash manufacturing PMI hit 50.3, services came in at 52.9. Typically, a level above 50 indicates expansion in the private sector, while below 50 signals contraction. These readings further support predictions that the economy will continue to expand this year. Japan, Australia, and the United Kingdom saw an increase in business activity and signs of an improving manufacturing sector, while flash PMIs for France, Germany, and the Eurozone remain below 50. And China is easing its monetary policy in order to stimulate growth. They have pledged to cut the reserve ratio requirements for banks by 50 basis points starting February 5th to boost its economy, while the People's Bank of China is stating that there is room for additional monetary policy easing with lackluster economic and credit growth, China hopes to encourage borrowing and spending by reducing the amount of liquidity that banks are required to hold as reserves. To cut the bank reserves will bump roughly $140 billion in cash into the banking system. Chinese equities in the yuan rallied following the announcement. 
Meanwhile, the Bank of Japan, the Bank of Canada, and the European Central Bank held their policy rates steady, with expectations of rate cuts for the Bank of Canada and the ECB sometime in 2024, while signs of future rate hikes are emerging for the Bank of Japan. Dick Donnie here with you with Wealth Wake Up here on KGMI. Thanks for listening. We'll be right back. Sometimes we become attached to our furnace and find ourselves having conversations we shouldn't. You've been great for our family, but I think it's time that we move on. You've cost me a lot of money. Stop talking to your furnace and have a genuine conversation with a fellow heating representative today. As an American Standard Heating and Air Conditioning dealer, they provide maximum savings. Call Feller today and take control. Feller Heating, designing peace of mind for over 45 years. Online at fellerheating.com. Honey, look what I brought home. Not a cat. You know I'm allergic. Well, you know what they say. When the cat's away, the mice will play. <laughs> Why didn't you just call Biobug? Have you had enough of playing cat and mouse? Biobug Pest Management is here to help. Whether you have rats or mice in your business, residence, or commercial building, Biobug is committed to providing a solution that's right for you. To learn more and get your free quote, visit Biobug.com. Biobug Pest Management. Service you trust, experience you expect. Now hiring service text. Need a job? Full-time, part-time, and seasonal jobs available now at HireMeWa.com. HireMeWa.com is your hyper-local job board. It's free and easy to use. You can even upload your resume and let business owners find you. HireMeWa.com, the go-to job board for Northwest Washington. Powered by this Cascade Radio Group station and by Elements Hospitality in Linden. Elements Hospitality is seeking high-level, experienced project managers skilled in managing large-scale commercial construction or renovation projects. For details, Head to HireMeWa.com today. There's a lot going on right now, and broadcasters are on the ground covering all of it, bringing you the weather, the traffic, and breaking news, all while entertaining you 24 hours a day. Someone needs to tell you what's going on around the world and in our hometowns, and that someone is us. We are free radio. We are always there. We are broadcasters. Visit wearebroadcasters.com or text radio to 52886 to learn more. Furnished by NAB and this station. The opinions expressed on this program are not necessarily those of KGMI or the Cascade Radio Group. If tomorrow all the things were gone, I'd work for all my life. And I had to start again with just my children and my wife. Welcome back to Wealth Wake Up. Dick Donahue here with you this Sunday morning here on KGMI. We're Asset Advisors. We are located out on the Pacific Highway in the Pacific Commerce Center next to Wilson's Furniture. Our address is 5060 Pacific Highway Suite, 101 Ferndale, 98248. Our phone number, 360-733-1200. And check out our website at wealthwakeup.com. And i like to put a plug in for the Whatcom County Farm Forestry Association. They are once again having their tree sale, their seedling sale. They'll have Colorado Blue Spruce. They got Doug Fir. They got Fraser Fir. They got Giant Sequoia, Grand Fir, Incense Cedar, Japanese Larch, Noble Fir, Norway Spruce, the Shore Pine. They got a whole series of different seedlings that they have. They're for a dollar and a quarter each, and their pre-sale starts out on their website starting February first. And closing March 14th. And so there are some quantities that are limited, so you need to order as soon as possible because they sell out. And that website is www.wafarmforestry.com backslash Whatcom. That's www.wafarmforestry.com backslash Whatcom. Again, www.wafarmforestry.com wafarmforestry.com backslash Whatcom. You can go online and order your trees and they will be available for pickup at the Linden Fairgrounds from 10 a.m. to noon on Saturday, March 16th. So again, that's the Whatcom County Farm Forestry Association with their annual tree sale and a big cross-section of seedlings that they have available, buck and a quarter each. And again, that website is www.wa, that's wafarmforestry.com, backslash Whatcom. So uh, I'd like to let, put a little plug out there for them. They do a great job. 
Okay, let's continue on with this week's economic wrap-up, and we're going to have some quick hits here from around the world. The Conference Board's Leading Economic Index, which is a measure that predicts turning points in the business and economic cycle, slightly contracted by one-tenth of one percent in December, it declined by 2.9% over the last six months. While many leading indicators continue to signal economic weakness, several are showing signs of improvement. And U.S. new home sales recovered by 8% in December amid declining mortgage rates and continuing shortage in previously owned homes. On a year-over-year basis, sales rose 4.4%. U.S. durable goods orders, new orders that last for at least three years, were unchanged at 5.5% in December compared to expectations for a slight increase. While unchanged nationally, in December, the unemployment rate increased to 15 states compared to only three in November. 13 states in Washington, D.C. have rates at or above 4%. And Spain's unemployment rate fell to 11.76% in the fourth quarter of 23. That is their lowest level since 2007. That was 11.76%. That's their unemployment rate. And inflation is moderating across several regions. New Zealand's prices increased by 4.7% year over year. That's their smallest increase since mid-2021, while Malaysia's inflation rate remained constant at 1.5%. Prices in Hong Kong and Singapore rose 2.1% and 3.7% respectively from a year ago. And Japan's inflation fell sort of at central bank's 2% target, rising 1.6% year-over-year in January compared to forecasts of a 1.9% gain. And Japan saw strong exports growth in December, with the country's trade balance coming in at a surplus of 62.1 billion yen. That's overall... Exports grew 2.8% in December to 100.9 trillion yen and the highest level in record with uh, exports in the United States up by 11%. And Malaysia's central bank decided to hold rates steady at 3% in line with expectations despite signs of a slowing economy. The Norges Bank kept its policy rate at 4.5%. It's likely to keep rates at this level as inflation is expected to remain elevated due to depreciating krone and high wage growth. And Denmark's consumer confidence indicator increased from minus 13 to minus 8.4 in January as consumer optimism improved amid a rise in wages which surpassed price increases. The United Kingdom and France also saw a rise in consumer confidence in January their consumer confidence indicators increasing to minus 19 from minus 22 and 91 from 89, respectively. Germany's consumer confidence is expected to deteriorate in February, with forward-looking consumer sentiment index predicting the confidence will drop to minus 29.7 from minus 25.4 in January. Consumers are reluctant to spend amid ongoing concerns over what's happening with inflation. And in earnings news, with close to 25% of the constituents of the S&P 500 index having reported for the fourth quarter of 23, blended earnings per share, which combines reported data with estimates for those that have yet to report, shows that earnings fell 1.6% compared with the same quarter a year ago. According to data from FactSet, sales growth is up 3.1% year over year. Well, let's get into a little bit more detail on this fourth quarter 2023 initial GDP report. We saw the good news pretty much all around in GDP report in the fourth quarter of 23. That doesn't mean the risk of a recession is over. Real GDP grew at a 3.3% annual rate in the fourth quarter. That's well higher than the consensus expected 2% and higher than the forecast from any economics group. Although personal consumption account for most of the growth, every major component of GDP expanded and real GDP grew 3.1% in 2023, on par with the 32.2% pace we had in 2019, the year before COVID. We like to focus on core GDP, which includes consumer spending, business fixed investment, and home building, while excluding government purchases, inventories, and international trade, all of which are very volatile from quarter to quarter. 
Core GDP increased at a healthy 2.6% rate in the fourth quarter is up 2.7% in 2023. Perhaps the best news was that inflation came in below expectations, with GDP prices at a modest 1.5% annual rate in the fourth quarter, which is good news for both the Federal Reserve and investors. GDP prices were up 2.6% in 2023. That's a big improvement versus the 6% increase in each of the prior two years. But does this mean that risk of inflation or recession has passed? Hardly. The money supply declined in 2023. That, in addition to the inverted yield curve, should eventually drag economic growth down in 2024. Meanwhile, the surge in government purchases in the last year should soon abate as the federal deficit is on an unsustainable course. In addition, businesses are unlikely to continue accumulating inventories at the fast pace of 2000 in the fourth quarter. On top of that, consumer purchasing power is running into headwinds due to a depletion of COVID stimulus-related savings as well as slow growth in workers' earnings, which due to inflation are barely above the pre-COVID level on an hourly basis. Normal GDP, which is real GDP plus inflation, grew at a 5.8% rate in 2023. That's a major slowdown from the 11.9% in 2021 and the 7.1% in 2022. We expect continued deceleration of the inflation rate in 2024. We also had the December new home sales report come out this week, and the the new home stock wrapped up 23 on a healthy note, rising 8% in December. Despite a general downward trend since the summer, sales activity for 2003 was up as a whole was up 4.2% from the previous year. Notably, this is the first annual gain since 2020 when COVID shutdowns and work from home spurred a boom in demand for single-family homes. The issue with the U.S. housing market remains affordability. So 30-year fixed mortgages falling roughly 1% due to anticipation of Fed cuts in 2024 should help boost sales activity going forward. That said, higher financing costs are still taking a bite out of the buyer's purchasing power. Assuming a 20% down payment, the rise in mortgage rates since the Federal Reserve began its current tightening cycle amounts to a 19% increase in monthly payments on a new 30-year mortgage for the median-priced home. The good news for potential buyers is that the median sales price for new homes has fallen by 20.2% from its peak in 2022. However, it's important to note that this drop in median prices is likely due to the mix of homes on the market, including more lower-priced options as developers complete smaller properties. Supply has also put more downward pressure on median prices for new homes than existing homes. The supply of completed single-family homes is up 160% versus the bottom in 22. This contrasts with the market for existing homes, which continues to struggle with an inventory problem often due to the difficulty of convincing current homeowners to give up that low fixed-rate mortgages that they locked in during the pandemic. But this does not mean that housing is getting more affordable per square foot, with the Census Bureau reporting that median prices on this basis were up 45% from 2019 to 2022, the most recent data available. Though not a recipe for a significant rebound, more inventories giving potential buyers a wider range of options will continue to put a floor under new home sales. But one problem with assessing the housing activity is that the Federal Reserve held interest rates artificially low for more than a decade. With rates now in a more normal range, the sticker shock on mortgage rates for potential buyers is very real. However, we have had strong housing markets with rates at current levels in the past, and home buyers will eventually adjust. Dick Donahue with you with Wealth Wake up here on KGMI. We will be back shortly. We don't have the usual traffic jams that they have in the big city, but sometimes things happen to snarl everything up. Depend on KGMI to keep you cruising to your destination with KGMI traffic alerts. We'll tell you where the trouble spots are. And if you see problems on the road, give us a call at 360-676-5464 so we can spread the word. KGMI News Talk 790, 96.5 FM, and KGMI.com. 
Hello folks, this is Phil George. I'm an elder law and estate planning attorney here in Bellingham, and you might know me as the host of The Aging Hour right here on KGMI. I'm excited to share that you can now listen to The Aging Hour every Saturday and Sunday at 1 p.m. If you have questions about Medicare, Medicaid, long-term care costs, probate, bills, trusts, or anything else that has to do with aging, this is the radio for you. Studies show that more than 70% of estate plans fail when families need them the most. Join us every Saturday and Sunday at 1 p.m., and we can show you how to set your family up for success. You've earned your retirement and you're ready to fully embrace it. So why not do it with style at Meadow Greens Retirement? You'll enjoy active, independent living with amenities like the library lounge, wellness program, and expansive social calendar. Indulge in three daily meals made from scratch, get pampered at the on-site salon, and join in for Friday night socials. Meadow Greens is active retirement, the only locally owned retirement facility in the county with one and two bedroom apartments with full kitchens offering the freedom of eating in or enjoying a meal at the Outward Nine or the Duck Hook Bistro. Meadow Greens can also be of help when it's time to transition from an independent apartment to assisted living. Hi, I'm Josh Howe, director here at Meadow Greens. I'd like to personally invite you to come to our community. I look forward to showing you all that we have to offer. Call Meadow Greens today to arrange a private tour at 354-8200 and online at meadowgreenslinden.com. The grass is always greener at Meadow Greens. This is Heidi Person, General Manager of the Cascade Radio Group, with a look at some good news in our community that we like to call the upside. The Art Bridges Foundation has awarded the Whatcom Museum an Access for All grant, aiming at making it easier for people across the country to experience art. Thanks to the grant, the Whatcom Museum will now be free the first Friday of every month, beginning January 5th, with special programming and extended hours until 9 p.m. The museum's monthly extended hours and free admission will coincide with First Fridays through the Downtown Bellingham Partnership. The Whatcom Museum spans two exhibition spaces, Old City Hall on Prospect Street and the Lightcatcher Building, and both buildings will be open to visitors free every First Friday. The Upside is brought to you by Arby Wick and Bellingham Coin Shop. Stop by today for a free coin or antique evaluation. 1806 Cornwall, one block south of Bellingham High School or at bellinghamcoinshop.com. If you have good news to report, email it to us at the upside at cascaderadiogroup.com. Hi, this is Scott Trout of Cordell & Cordell. If you're a dad who is facing divorce, there are extra layers of stress that may include stereotypes and assumptions. No two situations are the same. Our legal experience and dedication prepare us for whatever legal challenges we face together. You need a partner you can count on. For more than 30 years, Cordell & Cordell has represented men in divorce. For matters in Idaho, visit CordellCordell.com, 999 West Main Street, Suite 100, Boise, Idaho, 83702. Go with your gut. Your dog's immune system is based in the gut. A diet lacking in nutrients can cause itching, scratching, and a weak immune system. However, there is a solution. D-I-N-O-V-I-T-E. Dinovite. It took a grand total of two weeks. The dog stopped itching. The hair stopped falling out. Try Dinovite for free. Just pay shipping and handling. Learn more at Dinovite.com slash radio. Happier, healthier with every bite. Over a million pets helped with Dinovite. This week with PNW Perks, Cucumber Skin Lounge is helping you look and feel fresher than ever. Get a $100 gift certificate for just $50 at pnwperks.com. Cucumber Skin Lounge's licensed estheticians and certified medical providers. No true beauty comes from being comfortable in your own skin, and they want to help you get there. With February savings, you'll absolutely love. Never been in before? Here's something else you'll love. Cucumber Skin Lounge offers free consultations. Call or schedule online today. And this February, pucker up. Now through February 29th, buy a full syringe of lip filler and get a free lip flip. Less lines, lush lips, ooh la la. Book your complimentary consultation today at Cucumber Skin Lounge, your premier medical spa. Follow on Instagram at Cucumber Skin Lounge Official, located in Bellingham's Bakerview Square in Bellevue, Seattle, and online at CucumberSkinLounge.com. That's Cucumber, spelled with a K. Thursday at 8 a.m., spend $50 and get $100 to spend on Cucumber Skin Lounge services only at PNWPerks.com. The latest local news and important topics of the day from the West Mechanical Studio. No gimmicks, just the highest quality systems. 0% interest financing and a 100% satisfaction guarantee. Rely on West Mechanical Heating, Air Conditioning, and Electrical. Contact them today at westmechanical.net. 
Get the latest news and information 24-7 with KGMI News Talk 790, 96.5 FM in Bellingham and MyBellinghamNow.com. Welcome back to Wealth Wake Up. Dick Donnie here with you this Sunday morning here on KGMI. Going to continue with our update on our economic reports. We have a December durable goods report out this week as well. And new orders for durable goods were unchanged in December following a surge in November. Looking at the details of the report, rising orders across major categories, led by orders for primary metals up 1.4%, fabricated metal products up 9 tenths of 1%, and electrical equipment up 1.8%, were offset by a steep 14.5% drop in defense capital goods. Stripping out the volatile transportation category shows orders for durable goods up a healthy 6 tenths of 1% in December versus a consensus expected gain of 2 tenths of 1%. In the last year, orders for durable goods are up 4.8%, while orders excluding transportation are up at a more modest 2.3%. Arguably, the most important number in this report is core shipments. That's a key input for business investment in the calculations of GDP, which rose a tenth of 1% in December. These shipments rose at just a tenth of 1% annualized in the fourth quarter versus the third quarter average. So the growth of shipments has been slowing since the start of 22, and we expect this trend will continue as the economy feels the lagged effects of the Federal Reserve's actions to tighten monetary policy. A number of factors are likely to keep the path forward rocky as we move into 2024, restrictive monetary policy from the Federal Reserve, the tightening of lending standards following stress in the banking sector, and withdrawal symptoms following the COVID-era economic morphine that artificially boosted both consumer and business spending. In addition, the return toward services likely means goods-related activity will continue to soften in the year ahead, even as some durables that facilitate services remain healthy. In recent manufacturing news, the Richmond Fed Index, which is a measure of mid-factory sentiment in that region, fell to minus 9 in January from minus 1 in December. Together, these indexes signal continued sluggishness in the factory sector. The employment news, initial jobless claims, benefits rose 25,000 last week to 214,000. Continuing claims rose 27,000 to 1.833 million. These figures are consistent with continued job growth in January. We also got data on the M2 money supply this week, which rose a half a percent in December, but is down 2.3% from a year ago. Monetary policy operates with a lag, and we are likely to feel the negative economic effects of these declines in 2024. We also had December's personal income and consumption report come out, and the report on the consumer shows no signs of recession and more improvement in inflation. Personal incomes rose three-tenths of one percent in December. Private wages and salaries were also up three-tenths of one percent in December, under up six and a half percent in the last year. Meanwhile, government pay was up seven-tenths of one percent in December, is up 8.2 percent in the last year. That's for the most for any year in the past three decades. We don't think the growth in government pay is sustainable or good for the overall U.S. economy. Consumer spending rose seven-tenths of one percent in December, with both goods and services showing gains. Outlays on goods rose nine-tenths of one percent in December. That's the largest single-month gain since January, as consumers picked up spending on autos and prescription drugs. Goods spending is up a five percent in the last year, and with goods inflation flat, spending is up 5% in the last year when adjusted for inflation. Spending on services rose 6 tenths to 1% in December, led by financial services and insurance. It's up 6.3% in the last year, 2.3% when you adjust that for inflation. On the inflation front, PCE prices, which is the Fed's reserve's preferred measure of inflation, were up two-tenths of 1% in December, bringing the 12-month comparison to 2.6% versus 5.4% for the 12 months ending in December of 22. Core prices, which exclude the ever-volatile food and energy categories, also rose two-tenths of 1% in December, and they are up 2.9% versus a year ago. 
That's down from 4.9% in the year ending in December of 22. We need to note that the Fed has prioritized a subset of inflation dubbed the super core, which is services only, no goods, excluding food, energy, and housing. That measure rose three-tenths of 1% in December. It's up 3.3% versus a year ago. That's an improvement versus the 4.8% increase in the year ending in December of 22, but not as much improvement from the overall figure or core. In addition, all these measures remain above the Fed's 2% target, and given shipping disruptions in the Red Sea that are delaying deliveries and pushing up shipping costs, we would not be surprised to see volatility in the inflation numbers in the months ahead. It's too early to call victory but the data are trending in the right direction. Well, you know, let's talk a little bit here about improving your odds when you're investing. You know, investment professionals often advise their clients to think long-term. So how much do the odds of successful equity investing relative to bonds especially change with longer holding periods? Here we're going to share some various measures that we believe support the benefits of adopting a long-term approach to investing in stocks. While equity returns have only beaten U.S. intermediate government bonds by a little more than two-thirds of the time over one-year period since 1950, in other words, equity returns have only beaten the returns on mid-term, intermediate-term U.S. government bonds two-thirds of the time. That means one-third of the time the returns on bonds have beaten stocks. That's since 1950, so you're talking almost 75 years. Stocks have outperformed bonds in every 20-year rolling period over that time frame. So if you had held them long enough, every 20-year period, stocks would have done better. The worst return on equities was over a one-year time frame since 1950 was minus 37% compared to 9.4% for bonds. However, over 20-year rolling periods, the lowest return historically for stocks was an annualized gain of 5.6%, which is higher than the lowest annualized return of 2.4% for bonds. The volatility is measured by standard deviation is nearly three times as high for stocks as compared to bonds over one-year periods. It's 17.2% versus 6.9%. However, over 20-year periods, volatility is much closer for the two asset classes, 3% for stocks, 2.3% for bonds. We believe adopting a long-term view may encourage investors to ride out inevitable fluctuations in the stock market and improve their odds of long-term wealth creation. Charlie Munger, Warren Buffett's famous partner, just passed away shortly, a short way ago, famously said, the big money is not in the buying and selling, but it's in the waiting. So, proportion of stocks that have outperformed bonds from 1950 to 2023, on one-year holding periods, stocks have outperformed 68% of the time. On five-year holding periods, that, again, that's from 1950 through 2023, five-year holding periods, stocks outperformed 75% of the time. On 10-year holding periods, stocks did better 83% of the time. And on 20-year holding periods, stocks beat fixed income or bonds 100% of the time. So kind of some interesting statistics to look at there when you're sitting down and thinking, well, do I invest my money or don't I? And let's hit a little quick one here. We're seeing that surging college costs pushes students to vocational programs. The growing debate over college costs in the U.S. is pushing more students to community colleges with schools that offer vocational programs, seeing a big bump in enrollment. After steep declines in the pandemic, enrollment in community colleges rose 2.6% in 2023 compared with the year earlier. That was fueled by a 16% surge of two-year schools with high vocational program focus, according to data from the National Student Clearinghouse. Overall, undergraduate enrollment rose 1.2%. That was an increase of about 176,000 students. And while that was the first gain since the pandemic, there are still more than a million empty seats on campuses today that were filled five years ago. As college costs rise and millions struggle to pay their student loans, more people are questioning whether the four-year degrees are worth it, especially in fields of study that don't lead to higher-paying jobs. And while undergraduate enrollment has not recovered from dropping in the pandemic, community colleges and vocational focus 
have seen enrollments rise 3.7% above their 2019 levels. Dick Donahue with you with Wealth Wake Up here on KGMI. We'll be back after this quick break. Hi, I'm Tom Borthwick, the Diamond King. Here at Borthwick Jewelry, spend $5,000 and get a free 75-inch TV. Not only that, we have 25% off everything in the store. You have to buy a big diamond anyways or a big anniversary present this year. Why not stash it for a few months because you get a 75-inch TV for yourself. Yes, she's fabulous, smart, and a quick thinker. Of course she would want you to get that big monster TV. So hurry in and get a free 75-inch TV at Borthwick Jewelry. Wilson's Furniture's winter sale is going on now. Your chance to save store-wide on living, dining, bedroom furniture and mattresses at the best prices of the year. Stop at Wilson's Furniture today. It's Wilson's Furniture's annual winter sale going on now. Wilson's on Pacific Highway in Ferndale. The YMCA is just a starting line. For the true self blooms only when we find our purpose, what makes us tick below the surface. Why is the before-work hustle an after-school home? A section of my block, a corner to call my own. With my why, I stand strong, seen and supported all along. It's a million faces in a mirror and everyone belongs. Find your why. Join today at YMCA.org for a better us. CHS Northwest specializes in timely deliveries of warmth, comfort, safety, and savings. CHS Northwest is now delivering propane in your neighborhood. Call today and sign up for a whole new service experience for your propane. CHS Northwest, everything you need for home and farm. We don't have the usual traffic jams that they have in the big city, but sometimes things happen to snarl everything up. Depend on KGMI to keep you cruising to your destination with KGMI Traffic Alerts. We'll tell you where the trouble spots are. And if you see problems on the road, give us a call at 360-676-5464 so we can spread the word. KGMI News Talk 790, 96.5 FM, and KGMI.com. Because there ain't no doubt I love this land. God bless the USA. Welcome back to Wealth Wake Up. Dick Donahue again here at KGMI. One more plug for the Whatcom County Farm Forestry Association, their tree sale. You can go online starting February 1st, and that website again is www.wafarmforestry.com backslash Whatcom. You can buy any number. They've got all these different seedlings. They've been doing this for years, and you can pick them up on the fairgrounds on Saturday, March 16th from 10 a.m. till noon. So you can go online February 1st, uh, you have to order before March 14th, and that website again is wafarmforestry.com backslash Watkins. If you got questions for me, give me a call, 360-733-1200. Well, we're seeing a move by the Biden administration against American energy. We think it's going to increase inflation. It could be a gift to Putin, according to experts. President Biden has announced a temporary pause on exports of liquefied natural gas to countries without free trade agreements on Friday, a move that experts warn will drive up the price of energy and empower Russian President Vladimir Putin. President Biden has been been clear that climate change is an existential threat to our time, and we must act with urgency if demands to protect the future for generations to come, according to a White House statement and news release on the move. The administration is temporarily pausing pending decisions on LNG exports until the Department of Energy can update the underlying analysis for authorizations. The current DOE analysis, which is roughly five years old and no longer adequately account for considerations like potential energy cost increases for American consumers or the latest assessment of the impact in greenhouse gas emissions that White House asserted. The news release warned that the perilous impacts of methane on our planet, emphasizing the risk to the health of our communities. Victoria Coates, who previously served as senior policy advisor to the Secretary of Energy under President Donald Trump, currently serves as vice president for the Catherine and Shelby Cullum Davis Institute for National Security and Foreign Policy. She condemned Biden's move as a new front in the war on American energy. 
She said that the Biden administration's action today put a halt to pending applications for natural gas export permits represents a new front in their war on American energy. She said that not only will they be damaging jobs, tax revenues, and energy prices here at home, they'll also be destroying our strategy, our strategic capacity to surge supply allies from Europe to Japan in the event of yet another disruption in global markets. Also saw a report that since a large share of these exports are coming from the state of Texas, that this is a little bit of the ongoing border battle, so a little bit of an economic hit on the state of Texas try to show who's boss, maybe. But let's go on here. Coates added that more ironically, they'll also be thwarting the reductions in emissions that could have been achieved by the conversion of coal plants around the world to clean U.S. natural gas. According to the U.S. Energy Information Administration, coal emits significantly more carbon dioxide than natural gas. 2019 coal-fired plants produced 2,257 pounds of carbon dioxide per megawatt hour of electricity. Natural gas fire plants produced less than half that amount at 976 pounds per megawatt. That means coal plants are not quite two and a half times as much pollution coming out of them as natural gas plants would be. A pause in LNG exports would raise prices for allies abroad, placing upward pressure on inflation at a time when the world is trying to reduce it. Natural gas prices would be catastrophic for their economies following a cut in natural gas supplies from Russian President Putin. This would be a gift to Putin because prices of Russian natural gas is going to rise. Biden has championed the cause of Ukraine after Russia's ongoing invasion launched in 2022. Many European countries that previously relied on Russia for natural gas turned to the U.S., making Europe the number one destination for these U.S. LNG exports in 2022. It remains unclear whether any European nations will be directly impacted by this pause, but it may increase LNG prices globally, affecting them indirectly. As for Biden's claim about climate change being an existential threat, the science on the exact cause of global climatic changes is far from settled. Climate alarmists' agenda may make life worse in numerous ways without necessarily providing any benefits preventing climate-related catastrophes. The pause will not affect already authorized exports, according to Energy Secretary Jennifer Granholm told reporters on Friday, and Political reported that. He said, nor will it impact our ability to supply our allies in Europe, Asia, and elsewhere. We remain committed to ensuring our partners' medium-term energy needs are met. If needed, the department can determine if exceptions should be made for national security needs. Twenty-six Republican senators sent Biden a letter on Friday objecting to the LNG pause. They said, we write to express deep concerns with the announcement. This LNG plan, drafted without input from Congress, could have significant economic and environmental and national security consequences domestically and globally. It would be reckless to jeopardize our advantage, especially in a world where energy is frequently being used as a geopolitical weapon. U.S. LNG exports have served as a vital lifeline for countries in Europe and across the globe, the senators added. Nearly half of the U.S. LNG exports have been delivered to Europe to date, with a significant increase in exports following Russia's invasion of Ukraine. When European imports of LNG increased by 60% in 2022, U.S. LNG met that demand. Without U.S. LNG exports, European leaders would have been had to decide between depriving their own citizens of energy or actively funding Russia's war on Ukraine. The senators also warned that the limiting of U.S. LNG exports will not impact the world's demand for natural gas, but rather lead countries like Iran and Russia to simply produce more energy that is subject to less stringent environmental regulations, thereby increasing global emissions. They said, we strongly urge you to stop this short-sighted effort According to the senators, again, that was 26 U.S. senators that sent that letter to the White House saying, don't do it, don't do it. Well, you'll get lots of questions here. I'm going to cover one of them I got. It says, what steps should I take before making a hardship withdrawal? He says, I might have to make a hardship withdrawal from my retirement account. Do I have other financial options I should consider? If I do make a hardship withdrawal, what do I need to know about it? And the brief answer here is maybe. It depends on a lot of parameters. 
Before making a hardship withdrawal from your retirement fund, you should always consider other alternatives. If you have alternative savings accounts, explore those first if there's enough money to get by with. In addition, we encourage you to pick the best of the worst, options that are at your disposal, whether that means borrowing money from a family member or considering your home equity. And while that might not be great options, they are certainly better than taking from your retirement fund, not to mention the potential tax implications that can come from it. So if you absolutely must take a hardship withdrawal, there are a few questions that you need to ask yourself before doing it. One is, what type of retirement fund do you have? Is it an IRA or a 401k? You may be in luck. Does your retirement plan allow you to access your money? Some plans don't allow you to make hardship withdrawals. Double check your plan to see if you're allowed to make a withdrawal before you even, you even consider doing it. If your plan doesn't allow hardship withdrawals, inquire about the possibility of taking out a loan. And number three, what are the tax implications of accessing your retirement money? Will I be penalized for tapping into my retirement funds? So those are all questions that you need to know answers of before you do. Yesterday, we had uh, on with us Patrick Connor again with the uh, NFIB, but we didn't talk about this one, but I think this was an interesting one. There was a bill before the state of Washington House of Representatives called Bill 1868 that's going to ban all new gas-powered lawn equipment by January 26th. That's like two years from now. The bill was introduced by Representative Amy Walton. She would prohibit engine exhaust and evaporation emissions from new outdoor power equipment. Uh, the bill exempts government agencies during an emergency. Violation of the law carries stiff penalties, including jail time or significant fines. This is similar to a Seattle law passed last year. House Bill 1868 would significantly impact the landscaping industry, who will have to spend additional money for less powerful, more expensive machinery. And, of course, they have to spend all this money for machinery. That means they are able to hire less labor. There's all kinds of reasons why this one is probably not a very good thing. But if you can just imagine, you're going to have to go out there and use that battery-powered lawnmower. And um, that means you're going to have to have a source of power. You're going to have to have a lot of things, and you ain't going to be able to mow all day long. Dick Dutton here with you with Wealth Wake Up here on KGMI. Thanks for listening. Don't forget our live show next Saturday at 11 o'clock. Got questions for me? Give me a call, 360-733-1200. Thanks, and have a great week. on the show are for general information only and are not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations for any individual. To determine which strategies or investments may be suitable for you, consult the appropriate qualified professional prior to making a decision.